Thank you for listening to the following films podcast. Today, my guest is Sasha Collington, the director and writer of Love Type D. How can someone love you yesterday and not today? Shortly after her boyfriend sends his 12-year-old brother to break the news that she's dumped, Frankie Brown discovers that she has a loser in love gene. Every man she goes out with will inevitably break up with her. Facing a lifetime of romantic failure, Frankie turns to the only genetics expert she knows, her former nemesis Wilbur, a schoolboy science prodigy. Wilbur develops a maverick theory to reverse her romantic fortunes that sets into motion an unexpected and comic journey into Frankie's past of questionable romantic choices. Vertical Entertainment will release Love Type D on demand everywhere on July 9th. I hope you enjoy the show. Not too bad. How about yourself? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to do this. I appreciate it. Oh, it's my pleasure. So you're in England right now, correct? Yeah, that's right. It's about five o'clock there. Is that, is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. How are things going right now in, in England? Just it's uh, been kind of a, to understate it, it's been an insane 15, 16 months or so. How, how are things there right now? It's been sort of equally insane. Um, okay. I saw an uh, infographic on some doctor's Twitter this morning um, that yeah, the UK's um, cases were going up compared to the rest of Europe, and we we're the only ones looking at ending all restrictions. So, yeah. yeah. You yeah. couldn't make it up, could you? No, it's it's just, it's there's um, a partnership that our two countries have had for a long time, and unfortunately, it's this partnership that's grown into our current absurdity um, of the last couple of years. So it, we got to share embarrassment to some degree. It felt like, oh, thank God we're not the only ones completely fucking this up. So <laughs> <laughs> No, you can rely on us. Don't worry, you know. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> going back to the, the uh, film itself, having nothing to do with that, uh, just a nice refreshing movie to see this is kind of a perfect thing to watch right now because this is a absolute escapism um could you talk about the idea of where this came from yeah sure so um you know I, i'm very interested in the sort of whole like nature nurture thing and also just the idea that because i think in life you know it can sometimes feel um you know that you know no matter what you do things go wrong or you know they can it can feel that there are forces beyond your control even whilst you know your own decisions play quite a large part usually <laughs> in a sequence of things going wrong um but so I was just quite interested to explore that and you know um also you kind of like play a bit around with the genre mm-hmm. um so that there's because I really like I'm a child of the 80s and so I really loved all those kind of classic, you know, kind of high concept 80s comedies like Groundhog sure. Day and Big. Um, so I wanted to do, yeah, like a concept movie. And you're not afraid to go um, pretty, I don't want to ruin anything, but there's things that go really wide here. That This is a very broad film, but it, um, it has this nugget of an idea that's like, scientifically questionable is, is would be a generous way of putting it, but you know, it did, that's not the point of the movie. So you just go with it. And then there's things that happen to this, um, this woman through the course of her having an almost high fidelity esque reliving relationships and trying to find out who she is through that process. Um, it goes pretty broad. Um, did you ever worry about losing the audience in that? Or is that something you needed to 
because I was actually a big fan of how broad this goes. And it, it's funny that you bring up films of the 80s. I was thinking of something a little bit earlier. It felt like something that maybe Hal Ashby would have made in the 70s. It had that kind of feel to it to me. That's a very nice, uh, you know, <laughs> person to mention. Uh, I think you always worry about losing the audience because obviously, you know, it isn't something that you want to do. And that's happened to me. And you know, sometimes you're watching something and you love the beginning and then you're like, oh, where's this gone? Um, and so I think, yeah, it's definitely something I thought about all the way through. But at the same time, I suppose you've got to sort of still do what you feel. All you can do is what you feel is right in the moment, you know. Um, and uh, I think that's the thing is I wanted to incorporate various aspects into things. And so, you know, sometimes it feels like you're trying to squash a bit too much in, which is, the, which is why it's so great that there are all these series now that you don't have to squash it into 90 minutes necessarily. Yeah, I mean, this could have... I think very, I did think about that while I was watching this, this could have been like a 13 episode arc. It would have felt very natural to have, you know, just the introduction and then the 12 relationships having kind of their own little exploration of it. Um, but there's some of them that are so small and concise in one note that it actually works really well for them. Um, there's a specific one with a songwriter um, that ends so quickly as uh, that it felt that that was the perfect way to handle that particular story. So I think expanding that one maybe wouldn't have been uh, as powerful because it's kind of just like a, a punchline, essentially, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm, totally. And so then I, I, were you somebody that had, I felt like this was dealing with affectations in a way, the things that we tell ourselves about ourselves and we present to the world and they're all dishonest. And so there's this idea that we need to find ourselves um, and know the truth self, but it's, we don't present that to the world. And so how can we expect anybody to really um, love or appreciate or accept us when we're putting on this front to the world? Is that something that you were thinking about while writing this? Or this yeah, definitely. Um, I think it's, you know, and it's sort of, you know, kind of, I suppose it is about sort of the, you know, underlying theme was the power, you know, kind of power of perception, and just sort of, you know, how how you kind of link things together in your own mind. Because, you know, I think it's interesting sort of the narratives that we all build about ourselves, you know, and all the interlinking incidents that sort of make you who you are and, and mm-hmm. how you kind of select those incidents. Like, if I selected a whole other string of incidents, you know, I might, you know, feel that I'm a slightly different person. And so I think that whole sense of identity, yeah, I find really interesting. Um, because, you know, um, that whole idea of, you know, how, if you, you know, if you ever have to have to do the 360 feedback, you know, I know there are a lot of yeah. offices that had to do that. And then you kind of get the feedback and you're like, oh, I wouldn't say that that's me at all. You know, this must be someone else's feedback. Um, <laughs> and, uh, so I think it's that those, you know, kind of thematics that, yeah, I was interested in. And then, yeah. And, and that's something that I think is very universal that we're all, we all go through in our own ways. And um, I, I normally don't go for rom-coms, just not normally the genre that I um, connect with. But this film was, I think, very approachable. Um, and oh, the, the, the star of your film is, she's wonderful. She's great. And the relationship between her and this kid, it's something that is really unique. And that it has 
just uh, if you didn't have those two roles cast properly, I don't think the film would work. And having a center child actor in your film is dangerous because child actors, it doesn't always work out. And so how did you go about the casting of this film? Yeah, so I, I completely agree with you that it's sort of so much hinges on getting the casting right, you know. Um, and so, yeah, it, it was quite a lengthy process to find the right people. And so for, for him, for the boy that plays Wilbur, he's like an 11-year-old boy, um, I saw a lot of people. So he went to like all these schools and drama schools trying to find this boy because I wanted somebody who could say these re- this reams of dialogue that I'd written, you know, for him, and, and sound entirely plausible. Um, but, you know, it was funny, but also kind, because I feel that, you know, I didn't know, like, I had fun writing his character, and so I felt, oh, I really want to find the right little actor where he is this person that I have um, pictured. And so, yeah, Rory Stroud, who played the role, was like the la- one of the last people we auditioned and he sent in a self-tape. And I think it's so interesting because sometimes I've read, you know, heard from actors, oh, about self-tapes and whether, you know, I mean, obviously now, you know, I'm sure there are a lot of self-tapes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but before I think people worried about them, mm. at least my perception was. And you think that if the person's right, it doesn't really matter because it doesn't matter in what form you see them. You just see them and you and you feel, oh, that's, that's the one. Um, yeah, so he was funny, like immediately, like just in the way that he introduced himself and said his name. Like that's all you have to say at the beginning. I think you say his name and his height. And there's just something so like amusing in the way that he kind of entered into the frame I didn't know if it was intentional it might not have been um but I found it really funny um and so I thought oh god this kid is uh he's he's hilarious and um but you know in a way that he's doing it also very seriously because I think if you don't if it doesn't feel authentic it doesn't feel the person's really living it then it's actually not funny either so it's a it's a little <laughs> balance to find yeah it's a a tough role to pull off because he does bury the carry rather the burden of all the exposition of the film and so he has to come in and do this in a way that it doesn't feel like that and even though that is his role it never comes across that way that oh here comes the the science drop where we justify what we're going to do for the next you know act for the next 20 minutes um and he you know kind of goes up throughout these um movements and it's really it's completely natural and it feels authentic and it feels honest. And that's one of the, I think that's really rare to see in a child performer. And so that's just the casting to what somebody probably is. is something that does that a little bit of that heavy lifting for you. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I'm really grateful that I found him for that role. And then can you talk a little bit about the visual sense of the film, because there's actually, it's, there's these moments in here that are quite beautiful, but they contradict the, um, I think what's going on thematically in the film. There's, there's an intentional um, juxtaposition between two things like the proposal scene um, that I'm thinking of here. It's probably one of the most beautifully lit shots in the film, but it's something that's actually kind of a tragedy because it's, it's a lie. It's a thing. It's, it's, it, we as an audience, we can see the emptiness in that moment, but it looks very pretty. It has this, you know, very, very heightened feel, but it, because it feels that way, it, it pulls it out and I think carries more of an emotional punch. 
Yeah, that's it. That's an interesting point. Um, yeah, so I worked a lot with the cinematographer Christopher Schneider. So we've worked together since film school, so we know known each other quite a lot years. And we definitely had like a you know a view from the beginning that the aesthetic should be like a very sort of you know colorful like sort of beautiful world and that it should feel um you know kind of within the realm of you know the romantic comedy look um yeah yeah, so I think we kind of tried to play around with that where there's some sort of um now the word eludes me but you know where essentially you know the images and what's going on is a little bit of a mismatch you know uh just in terms of because I think it's sort of because the film is about perception and because the film is about you know like the stories we tell ourselves um a bit i yeah that's kind of was our our thinking on the visual style that makes sense and it's something that um it has that i get at times that autumn in new york romantic comedy look that i think that golden uh feel to it that you see in a lot of these but it's something that feels very classic at the same time. And it's, I think it's a very beautifully shot film and um, kind of like the acting and the writing here where it's, it might go unnoticed because it's not calling itself out, but it's something that's really obviously thoughtful. And I, I, that's the kind of work that I really appreciate when it's not done for the sake of here's an impressive shot. Here's this impressive color design. Here's this, you know, look at what we can do with this camera move. It's actually supporting the story. And I think that those were the decisions that were probably made because that's what it feels like on the other side. Well, that's good. You know, <laughs> I'm glad to hear it. <laughs> and so then what has the reception been like to the film so far? Because I would imagine this would be something that would it would have a wide appeal to it because, you know, People like me normally wouldn't gravitate towards something like this. But then again, I know that my wife would really enjoy this film. Um, my She walked into the room and it's like, oh, no, this is actually something that I could watch with the 10-year-old in the room. And there's very few things that I find entertaining that I can watch with a 10-year-old. Um, so you have, you're not insulting or talking down to anybody, but at the same time, it's a very approachable film. Um, who, who are the people that have been reacting to this? <laughs> uh- well, it actually, it always surprises me who who likes it and who doesn't. It's, it's always a continual surprise. Um, and I think, um, yeah, for some people, you know, like anything, I suppose, the premise resonates or the kind of the, the thematics resonate. And I think that's what, because um, I think, you know, there, there can be this sort of labelling of romantic comedy that it's like the, a female genre, and I'm like, I'm not sure there are like female genres per se. Um, and so like I think, yeah, I am pleased if it has a broad appeal, and I'm pleased if people like it for different reasons. Uh, of course, with anything, there'll be people that hate it. <laughs> I think as a filmmaker, you have to prepare yourself for that. You know, it's one of the uh like less uh <laughs> appealing aspects of the job but i think it's like anything that you have to you know that's that's the way things are and that's what's really great about art and film is that everybody you know perceives things in their own way and that's how it is well how much of this is autobiographical for you because it felt very emotionally honest to me and i'm wondering how much of you is in this film it's basically a documentary <laughs> of my life 
mislabeled. I think they got the genre wrong. Um, no, I mean, you know, obviously there are certain aspects, I think, of me and all the characters. And I think when you write the characters, there's elements of you, you know, in the characters who behave like a total jerk, <laughs> as well as, you know, yeah. in the sort of more kind <laughs> um, characters. So I think it's, you know... I think there's, you know, elements of me, but obviously there's a lot of also, you know, you know, you have conversations with people and you remember things or all these things get mixed in a big pot, I think, and then mm. come out. You know, I think that sense of like 12-year-old romances, you know, the romances you have when you're 12, I think for me I had fun in the thought that these would have a lasting effect on your life. You know, because if you think about, I mean, I don't know about <laughs> you or people listening, but, you know, those, those relationships you have when you're 12 and they're for like three days or three and a half days, you know, and yet, you know, the memory of them sometimes is like very kind of, oh, you know, more than, you know, some significant relationship mm-hmm. in the 20s. Um, and uh, so I think it's that aspect I wanted to play around with, which is, you know, what... Um, yeah, sort of, you know, kind of what kind of has a lasting effect and what if these seemingly insignificant, you know, times, you know, uh, actually with a more, um, yeah, sort of uh, had a more negative effect, let's say, than things that actually were meaningful. <laughs> well, I, I'm, the, at the time, though, those things do carry a lot of weight. Those three-day yeah. relationships, it's... Um, if the only pain you've ever felt in your life is you stubbed your toe once the, you know, when you, you know, I I guess like hit your funny bone, it's going to be the end of the world. It's the first time that you're feeling those things. By the time you're in your twenties, you've had a few scrapes and bruises and you're a little bit more cynical um, and you have a little bit of armor and there's something beautiful about that time period that you are so naked and vulnerable. And so, you know, crying in your bathroom at two o'clock in the morning, thinking you'll never find love again because the person that you've been with for two days isn't going to call you back. I, I, there's something that's I I, I love that it, not talking down to that place because those emotions are so real and honest and raw and honest. And in fact, I think the emotions that are more meaningful, the relationships that we have a little bit later in life, they're more complicated and they're not as honest as that was. I think that that young relationship is far more honest to me, at least. Yeah, I know what you mean. I, I think that's, that's true. And obviously intensity of feeling at 12, you know, is <laughs> um, definitely, you know, very intense at the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it, it does, those things do carry a weight. And like you're saying, the ones that you focus on, um, I do tend to think of myself as someone who was broken up with more than I broke up with others. But like most people, it's a balance. You know, there, there's things that I was on both sides of that. But the story that I tell myself prior to being married for the last 12 years was that, no, no, I just always got dumped. That was, they just got bored with me and would leave. And that's not honest, but that's the story I would tell myself if I'm being honest. Yeah. I think that's what's interesting is, yeah, how how people perceive themselves is often completely, you know, not accurate, really, you know, because people are very harsh on themselves. Um, and, uh, you know, in a way that you feel like, wow, you wouldn't be that harsh, you know, with a friend. Otherwise, you wouldn't be friends, probably. You know? yeah. <laughs> um, and so I think that's what's interesting. And so that's kind of, yeah, within the subtext, I suppose, of like her perception that, you know, 
like something is wrong with her and and you know therefore um yeah and she has this idea that she's telling herself that she's a victim or this is something that's always happening to her but from frame one she's incredibly assertive and taking control and moving things forward and making things happen the entire time and it's just it, her actions do not reflect the person that she is at all and there's that imbalance between the person that she is and the person that she sees and I, I think that that's something that's consistent throughout and something that rang very true to me um, where this character is utterly relatable and I felt like there were big parts of myself being reflected on the screen well that's so, good yeah because I, I think that also I mean I think people as well like behavior and romance is not necessarily indicative as well of their behavior in other areas, you mm. know, and so I think it's, it can be almost like a separate sphere, you know, where people perceive themselves one way in the work sphere and they perceive themselves a completely different way, you know, and, and it's sort of like, yeah, finding a holistic whole that takes into account, you know, all the many faces that you have in the different, you know, settings and scenarios. Is that even possible? Well, I, I mean, I, I sort of, you know, have no idea. <laughs> Is that what's that phrase that the more you know, the re- you realize the less you know? <laughs> yeah, it's um, and the one thing that I found, I'm, I'll be 45 um, next month. And as I have more gray hair on the sides of my head, um, I found that I just don't care as much about those things. They don't carry as much weight that I'm aware of these stories that I tell to the world and that that there's just sides of yourself that you show. It's not that the one thing is a misrepresentation. It's just not a full picture because sometimes it's not appropriate to express every side of yourself in every situation, be it personal or professional. Um, And I think I just, maybe it's, that's the idea of getting closer to death is that you're like, well, this is things that I really don't need to worry about anymore. There's more pressing matters to, to address in the next 40 years, as opposed to that. Yeah, that's very true, isn't it? I think that is the the, the essence of growing older is caring less. <laughs> it's just uh, it, as long as the the caring less part doesn't, um, as long as you don't become an asshole in the process, yeah. that, that it's not a pass for that. It's uh, no. maybe not letting you know that I, I'm just going to say everything that's on my mind, not worry about what anybody thinks, because there is that danger of aging as well. And I'm hoping that I still have empathy in my heart more than I do um, just <laughs> not giving a shit. So. <laughs> well, cool. Um, how can people find the film? Um, where is this going to be available? When will it be out for people to watch? Yes, yeah, so it's coming out in the US on July 9th, and it will be um, on Amazon, on Apple, and various other VOD platforms um, Yeah, from, from that date onwards. That's fantastic. And this is something that I highly recommend anybody that has, that, that you want to watch a thoughtful comedy. It's not insulting to you. It's not something that's very heavy handed, but it's something that's very sweet. This is just something that I think it feels good to watch this movie. This is something that I really enjoyed. And um, I tend to gravitate towards more independent film and uh, finding unique, interesting voices. A lot of that tends to be existential crisis, end of the world stuff. Um, and while there is an identity crisis here, um, it's one that goes down very smoothly. It's not, there's not a lot of resistance in taking in this personal crisis. So thank you for that. I appreciate it. 
Well, I'm yeah, I'm glad you liked it. And like, obviously, in this time, in this sort of time, it's nice to have sometimes some light relief. Absolutely. Well, yeah, anytime. The, the, the one thing that's consistent about being human is um, it's not that hard, but we make it incredibly difficult on ourselves. <laughs> Our existence is actually fairly simple, but man, we complicate it <laughs> way too much. <laughs> well, thank you so much for taking the time to do this today. I really do appreciate it. And thank, congratulations on the film. It's wonderful. I'm definitely looking forward to seeing whatever's coming out next. I, I hope there's another one because I'm a fan and I, I want more. Oh, that's great. Well, thanks very much for having me today. Yeah, it's been, uh, it's been really fun. Excellent. Thank you and good luck. And hopefully I'll get to talk to you soon. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks again. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Time enough to figure you out. Time enough to write this down Wish me luck, give me hope
boys crack.